and welcome everybody to episode six of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We are a UK-based Dice Masters podcast hosted by the BritRoller6.com blog. And I'm Chris, aka True Mr. Six, and with me today I have Andy, aka Tumble out of bed and stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Working nine till five. What a way to record a podcast. Hello. Hello, Andrew. <laughs> How are you doing? You're I'm all right, mate. Yeah, so little known fact for the listeners. Um, Andy actually, in his youth, had a promising career as an actor and for a short period of time, for a season back in 1999, actually inhabited the Tinky Winky outfit on Teletubbies. <gasps> I didn't know you knew that. I did know that. I also knew they all came crashing down over that Nunu scandal that you've yet to actually talk about <laughs> in public, but we'll, we'll, we'll move past that because I believe you and the cast are keeping that under wraps. That's I'm sure that we are... Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a tell-all autobiography on its way. Yeah, so uh, good evening, Andy, or at least evening when we're recording this. How are you doing, my man? I am very, very excited. You're very, very excited. Well, we'll get to that because there's a, there's a reason why we're all very excited at the moment in the world of Dice Masters. Have you been getting up too much lately? Been playing? Um, I have done. I've played a little bit uh, non-Dice Master related first. I've played a few more games of Fantasy Realms. Anyone who has played managed to smash the 280 point mark on a game a few days ago. Won't mean anything to anyone who hasn't played and probably won't mean much to people who do, but that was very exciting for me. Also picked up a small kind of starter pack for Ascension, which is a deck building game, which I... I haven't actually played a deck building game before. Sure. Well, um, it's, it's kind of like a deck builder with a bit of Dice Masters in the mix there, Chief. If I think you'll like it. Yeah, it's nice. There is a lot of comparisons to Dice Masters. <laughs> this little starter pack I got was like nine quid, but it's a, a game all in one. Oh, cool. uh, so it was like really kind of cheap as chips. And yeah, enjoyed it. It's cool. So that's, that's about it for non-Dice Masters related. Dice Masters related, I've been putting some hours in on the so bad it could be good team. <laughs> well getting ready for the big events that we're excited about <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah and um it, it it's more so bad unless could be good uh, um saying that i mean i've got some practice games in with mickey okay uh, we tried against one of his older teams which involved something that we thought would be less competitive however i forgot that mickey can't build a team that doesn't involve being as brutal as possible um, <laughs> so his team involved the thanos where when a villain does one damage he becomes two cheaper sure and uh, that i like is, that card yeah it's, it's good and he had a super edge a caster and a black manta and the Iron Man global that makes characters villains. So he can just literally kind of swoop in with Black Manta and some sidekicks. Whatever you can't block does you damage and makes them cheaper. Yeah. Uh, and it held its own. It did okay. It won the, the first game and lost the second game. So it, it took first blood on its first outing, which is quite exciting. <laughs> Very good. Very uh, good. Which is nice. Other than that, I've just been working on it a little bit solo, trying to work out opening purchases doing my my mike plum practice sessions to try and work out the, the best course of action for wielding jessica jones and the flash 
to a high-end competitive level. <laughs> Minimum of 100 games there, Andy. <laughs> At least. At least. And as Ericsson uh, said, 10,000 hours of practice to reach mastery. It, it, well, I'm, I'm getting there. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what can happen. Although, I might need to come groveling to try and change a couple of cards. Uh, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. The deal's a deal, Mr. England. With, with all the practicing I've done, I am yet to buy the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> well, I find that very hard to believe. What's going on there? You've clearly not got. You're clearly not playing the team the way it was in- built and intended. I suggest there's an episode of this great podcast where you can go back and have a listen. It'll walk you through. <laughs> <laughs> the construction of the team alright very good ok so you've been practicing so bad it could yeah. be good well hopefully you can you can maybe attend more than one WKO and you'll get an opportunity to play a better team at a different event <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. mate, you never know maybe I won't want to uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's what have you been up to mate so non Dice Masters related then first it, not a lot actually it's been a big week on Dice Masters for me but I played a little bit of Poo the card game with my daughter and my mum, <laughs> which, which was somewhat entertaining. Are you familiar with it? No, no, tell me more. Well, so you, you are all chimps, and the object of the game is to throw poo at each other. 15 points of poo and you're out. That's, that's the bottom line of it. And then you have defensive cards that can deflect poo, and you can take a dip in, in a nice jungle, jungle pond and wash the poo off. So that, that's my non-Dice Masters game this week. But it's been a big week on Dice Masters for me. So standing Tuesday night game at Element Games. There was only a, a small number of us this week, but we played what we called Weenie Wars, where we set a limit of uh, maximum purchase cost, no more than three on any of the cards in your team. And there were some pretty interesting little combos that people were putting together as a result of that. Uh, we did that Golden Age as well, just to keep keep the card pool a little bit more open uh, and then by the time this goes up on Monday I will have played in an event on Sunday afternoon at Fanboy 3 in Manchester City Centre which is a modern age constructed event so wish me luck now but we'll know how well I've done by the time this podcast goes out so that should be good so I spent quite a bit of time thinking about my team working on my team this week and had a couple of practice games with it earlier in the week and then big news in the UK the Guardians of the Galaxy set and the Spider-Man Maximum Carnage set finally has arrived. Yay! Yay! So I had quite a bit of fun uh, opening up my feed. My, my lad was helping me sort my dice out and, and taking a look at what I pulled. Uh, I, I must admit, I'm quite pleased with what I got out of my feed there. So super rare, I got the Norman Osborn, Don't Call Me Gobby. Very cool. Uh, yeah, uh, one I had my eye on, and I'm very pleased to have got because I like playing villain teams, and I think there's some interesting stuff I can do with that. Uh, mostly casually, but still, uh, I'm looking forward to getting that one on the table, uh, perhaps at a single affiliation event soon. And I also got a couple of rares that I had my eye on. So I got the rare Madam Web that I had my eye on from the spoilers. I got the rare Cosmic Cube, which I had my eye on from the spoilers. Mm. Yeah, so I'm quite pleased to have pulled them, and then quite a few of the commons and uncommons that I fancied uh, having in my collection also. So uh, it was a good pull. I, so uh, I'm short a few uncommons, though, which is unusual. Uh, I don't usually fall quite as short on uncommons as I have done this time. There isn't anything leaping out at me that I've gone, oh, I really wish I'd have got that. So, yeah, every night this week has been dominated by Dice Masters pretty much for me, aside from the night that I played Pooh. 
<laughs> so if we ever meet up, I, I can't wait to play with your poo. Uh, sure, man. Yeah, no worries. We can arrange that. <laughs> we can arrange that. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. That's where we're up to. So quite a bit of gaming going on over this week between the two of us. So let's have a bit of a chat about what's coming up in the episode. So as we alluded to before, there's some exciting news out there and we've got some information. This is the WKO announcement and we've got some information about the locations and dates for the UK events that we want to talk about in a community focus announcement. Uh, and then we'll have a bit of a chat about what we're thinking and feeling about the upcoming WKO season. It's a short Q branch from Andy this week. So just a quick fire one, but it's time to get serious time to get a bit more professional so we've laid down some stuff to tape that we hope you'll appreciate in the q branch there and then it's the long-awaited return of the gearing up segment this is part two this week's episode and as i mentioned in the preview last week this week's episode of gearing up is about storage that hyper exciting subject so a packed episode for you all once again I'll tell you what, since we've spoken about filing and storage, there's been quite a few posts up there that, that says that members of the community do share my OCD for card and dice storage. There's been a f- few posts on Facebook. One from Facebook? Facebook? Facebook. <laughs> yeah. uh, a few posts from Facebook. One from Dice Dice Kitty with her dice storage skills, which um, uh, I think that you might be in the minority with your your slapdash attitude to well, uh, storage yeah well let's let's not spoil too much mate <laughs> you know let's not spoil too much let's 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 let them get to minute 30 when or 30 ish when that part of the podcast starts but i did notice that yeah it was weird so we record quite a lot of content in advance especially if it's not time sensitive you know it's not topical or time mm. sensitive and we've we recorded the gearing up segments in advance and then in a weird karmic convergence of <laughs> Dice Masters groupthink, in the days that preceded, I saw somebody advertising a new storage box that they've they've designed and uh, offering to sell themselves. I saw a number of people, uh, I think someone just threw a post up on Facebook saying, let's talk about storage. I'm like, what is going on? So I think that we are clearly all telepathically connected. Mm, trendsetters. What can I say? And we hadn't even published. We hadn't even released the podcast section at that point. Right. So we're we're sending them waves out to y'all. Who, who'd have thought it? Right. Should we get on with the show then, my man? Let's do it. Let's do it. This is London calling. Here is the news. Big news in the Dice Masters scene, as we mentioned in the intro there just now. If you're active on Facebook or the Reserve Pool or on Reddit or on Discord or on Slack or any of the main channels, it can't fail to have escaped your attention that the first wave of the 1718 WKOs has been announced. The fall WKOs. Uh, at, at the autumn the WKOs. Autumn. Yes, the Autumn WKOs. Thank you. It pains me every time I write it. Every time (laughs) I write it. Um, They need to perhaps find a more internationally inclusive descriptor. You know, if if they can't get stock to us on time, the least they could do is (laughs) use a more universal word to describe it. But putting that to one side, it's very exciting news. And we have a number of locations and dates locked in for the UK events. Um, we're going to take a moment now just to publicise those and have a bit of a chat about them, aren't we? 
Yes, we are. WKOs, baby. <laughs> so over to you, Andy, to get us through the list. Okay, so go from the list on the UK Dice Masters Players Facebook group. We have got, uh, we filter out the hero clicks rubbish and start with, so November the 12th, Dice Masters uh, Gaming versus Cancer event run by Cheap Thrills at the Garden Court at University of Southampton. Come down, my hometown, try it if you think you can do it. Uh, I hear, tale told, that Andy's got a pretty impressive team lined up for that one. That, yeah, if, if you listen to last episode, you, you'll, you'll know what it is. And it's uh, it's a corker. Come down to Southampton, meet me. I, I, I do autographs at £5 a pop. If you want to play me, that's £15. Sign up now at uh, andyengland.com. Uh, <laughs> that's, um, that's a unique selling point for the Gaming versus Cancer event in itself, I think. I think there's going to be like traffic jams as people swarm down to the swarm south coast to, the, yeah. to, to, to punch me in the face. The next one is at November the 19th. This is at Fanboy 3 in Manchester. My um, hometown. Your hometown is as if they thought about it when they were releasing them. <laughs> um, Who knows? Uh, Who knows how many fans we may have out there, including hopefully the uh, the organisers at WizKids. Oh no, wait! <laughs> they don't organise our events. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. So November the nineteenth at Fanboy Three in. I said it once. I say it again. Manchester. Manchester, our um, kid. Head down and try your luck against Chris. You can get an autograph for Chris if you pay five pennies and he'll pay you to play games. So um, <laughs> look forward to that. Moving on to the, the less fortunate areas of the UK. We have got on November the 25th and 26th, Chimera in Beeston, which is just outside of Nottingham. They're running their event. I'm not sure of the dates. I'm guessing the Sunday would be for the Dice Masters. Yeah, that's, that is the case, yeah. We, I think we're both going to try and go to that one. We are indeed. That'll be fun. Then, to be confirmed for Settlers and Hamilton, I think they're toying with dates at around the end of November, early December time. So, four, four going on in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, oh, super exciting. Yeah, I loved all UKO season. Um, isn't it? Yeah, it was just great. I love getting you know the chance to get together with big groups of all the dudes and dudettes that we converse with quite regularly over the internet just to meet people face to face play this game that we talk about and are obsessed with all day every day chimera and fanboy particularly i'm looking forward to because we're quite central locations so i think there should be good numbers or i'm hoping for good numbers at those and yeah it's just great to see people from around and about the community so i'm quite excited i like the social bit of it all you know that's that's what works for me and i think it's a, a really interesting meta to be playing with yeah lots of new stuff lots of new stuff yeah lots of new stuff so what do you think about the prizes chris uh well you're asking me that because you already know what i think about the prizes <laughs> um you cheeky scamp you I won't use the word that I used in the message that I sent you on the subject of the prizes because that would end up unticking the family-friendly box on iTunes. But yeah, I must admit I'm a little disappointed with the prize pool. There's uh, two two areas of disappointment, uh, really. The first is I'm not so excited about the cards that they've chosen to provide as prizes. I, I don't feel like they're ones I'm, I'm particularly yearning for to have in my collection. I'm also a little disappointed that only the event winner 
gets the Nationals entry by and it's not based on attendance numbers as it was last year. And I suppose what's influencing uh, my disappointment there is that we've only got four events in the calendar so far. It's going to be a pretty quick Swiss to get to the top four. (laughs) You know, if this remains to be the case. Now, I know that there'll be a second wave, uh, assuming that they're following the same structure that they followed last year but that may only open us up to eight you know eight nationals buys and then perhaps an event the day before so i'm a little disappointed with that because it's not perhaps opening up the field quite as much i i have to admit i'm i'm not disappointed with that (laughs) (laughs) why is it andy why are you not so disappointed with that news because I've already qualified. <laughs> yeah, you get an automatic qualification as the 2017 UK National Dice Masters champion, don't you? Yeah. Um, very... I'm, I'm disappointed that it rolls down to, to the next person if you've already qualified, though. Well, so that means there'll be at least five of you there at the national <laughs> event. Yeah, yeah. But I could have done a little tour, obviously won all of them, and then rocked up to nationals on my own. Uh yeah and done what have a a cup of tea take my prizes (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so how do you feel about the prizes um nah don't mind shiny rings quite nice always i never say no to a shiny ring (laughs) (laughs) they are always very tempting i agree i'm disappointed there seems to be no more alternate art cards and I very much prefer alternate art cards than just a shiny version. I don't, I don't know if that's just me. No, I agree with you. I think, uh, I mean, while I like a foil, I, I'm not a collector, um, as, as a number of listeners will be. So uh, I don't try and secure the you know the foil and non-foil vo- versions of cards. But I do like to have foils of cards that I play in teams. And, and just looking down the list, I'm not sure I'll find my way to using these, or certainly not a competitive level lantern ring limited only by imagination uh, i'm convinced is actually going to fizzle out and uh, the community is pretty confident it's going to rotate out <laughs> around june time anyway where nationals rolls around squirrel girl eh, you know shocking it's just meh you know i'm just meh, meh about it you know i like my prizes to be exclusive and prestigious at events of these nature and i miss yeah. the days of uh, playable exclusive cards that have got a little bit of va-va-voom about them no super rare packs either we had super rare packs last year didn't we no well i've never been deluded enough to think that i'd be walking away with a super rare pack from a wko so that one's not really bothered me i generally just look at the bottom bullet point that says participation (laughs) to be fair i didn't pick up any either so (laughs) (laughs) i can't drone on about that too much yeah but they'll still be good uh, yeah, it will still be good, and you know I've never really played for the prizes anyway. If I'm being honest, I've played for the the, the social event, and that, and that's as I said before, that's the bit that excites me the most about it. And the, for the meta, I like seeing what people come up with. So yeah, that that should be good. Absolutely should be good. Uh, and it's a nice spread across the the country as well. So the good locations, so that people, if they're interested, can can get along to one. So yeah, it should be good. Should be very good. Yeah, definitely. The Southampton one last year was a fantastic run event. It is a uh, it's it's a, a big kind of gaming event, gaming versus cancer. Uh, there are a lot of different games going on. Uh, I know that uh, when we were playing on the Sunday last year, there was a massive Netrunner 
tournament going on opposite us. There was a lot of hero clicks going on in the room next door. The the guys timed it to a T to the to even where rounds finished at different times. So there was never a massive clump of people. But really well run. I'm really looking forward to going there again and having some fun. Yep, absolutely. Rolling them dice. I've got my dice tower to take along this year as well, of course. Crystal Twister. Can't wait to get my Crystal Twister out. <laughs> oh, we're so mucky sometimes. <laughs> so there you go, folks. That's our UK community focus for this week. Hey, Chris. Uh, yes, mate. Do you listen to the reserve pool? I got mentioned on the reserve pool. <laughs> yes, I did hear you get a mention on the reserve pool. They didn't mention me, though, did they? <laughs> <laughs> but they clearly think you're very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I am a little bit worried, though. What What are you worried about? So I'm, I'm worried that people don't take us seriously enough. Why Why wouldn't people take us seriously? Well, yeah, we're, we're professionals. We know our stuff. We're the but... consummate professionals always professional but i think maybe people are missing it because think... because you're funny <laughs> <laughs> and you're not <laughs> um what well, i thought i thought maybe we could do something you know a bit kind of sharp bit professional i thought we could do like some top tens right okay um what sort of thing are you thinking about oh, i haven't really got that far i just thought we could do some top tens well i like top 10 uh, top 10 numbers <laughs> <laughs> well the, the dice masters related you know it's, it's got to be something something current something you know, serious something sharp uh, uh okay sure yeah if you want to record some top 10s let's do some top 10s So, kicking off our countdown of Dice Master subtitles that could be misconstrued or have a double meaning, we have at number 10, Insatiable Appetite. Some things are better shared, but not this one. Our entry at number 9, Solo Act. Number 8, a solid piece of advice. Make sure you stab with the pointy end. A non-mover since rotation, we have at number 7, Capable of Great Love. Some things are best left in Vegas. Number 6, Tiny Regrets. What's she giving off? Number five is Good Vibrations. Time to see the GP. Number four is Massive Discharge. A good countdown for World's Finest. At number three, we have Rising to the Occasion. Being Kissing Behind the Bite Sheds. Number two is Don't Tell Dad. And toppermost of the poppermost, the number one Dice Master subtitle that could be misconstrued. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Don't know, but what we do know is it's large dark and wet welcome back folks to our next segment uh, today we are planning on returning to our gearing up section um, our last gearing up we talked about the what did we talk about what well, we talked about what we used to pimp our game that's right play mats Dice bags, dice trays, dice towers, all that sexy, exciting stuff that you use when you're playing the game. And this is the second part of Gearing Up, and today we intend on talking about storage. Yes. And and filing. filing. (laughs) 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 Woo! Yeah. We are 
excitement generators. I hope everybody is going to be able to contain themselves on the bus and in the car while they're listening to us on their commute as we go through this next conversation. <laughs> but if you're a new player, you might be looking at your ever-expanding collection of cards and dice and wondering uh, how other people go about storing their collections. Or if you're an existing player, you know, if you've been playing for a while, there's been a few storage challenges that have come along recently, which we'll talk about. You might be thinking about just looking for a bit of additional advice or take your storage in a different direction. And we've got you back. That's what we're here to do. We've got you. We've got you, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Andy, should we, what should we start with, cards or dice? Um, heads or tails? Uh, heads. Let's start with cards. Start with cards, excellent. So, how do you organise your Dice Masters card collection, my man? For me, there's, there's only one thing that you can use for the cards. <laughs> and that is the Ultra Pro Pro Binders. The 360 card A4 card holders with the pretty fabricy pages. Yeah, I know the ones awesome. you mean. So it's, it's bound, isn't it, with the elastic wrap to, to hold it together? Is that yeah, the one? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's got the band to keep it closed. And you open it up, and it's nine cards per page, double sided. And that will fit in, I think it'll fit in a couple of sets and space for OPs maybe a, a team pack at the end as well so it fits a good couple of sets well the older sets you know with the starters and and everything thrown in so yeah i, I love them they're really good they're not cheap they're about 15 quid each uh yeah i think maybe a touch more than that maybe near a 20 i think you could i think shop around you can get them yeah for 15 and 20 sure um but they do keep everything safe safe and sound i think for, for me those were the, my, my go-to for when I need another one, I buy another one along with the set. Keeps everything nice. <laughs> so I, I happen to know because we, we talk a lot. There's a little bit of a, a disturbed OCD maniac under the surface of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's get into the nitty gritty of this, Andy. Yeah. Let's address those questions that I know the listeners are really keen to know. So do you file by set number? You know, so card one through to whatever it's usually around 100, what is it, 126? 128 cards a set. Do you file by character? Do you file by rarity? Let's let's get really under the surface of this because I know our listeners will be super keen to know. <laughs> uh, it's it's a bit of a conundrum. Well, to start to start off with, when I first started playing Dice Masters, ages uh, when War of Light had just dropped, so there was lots of sets previously that I all got in together. So I tried to keep a binder to. So I've got a, a Marvel binder. And then I've got a DC binder. So the Marvel binder's got AVX and UXM in. Then I've got a DC one with War of Light and Justice League. And then it, then I've got another one which has got Age of Ultron in it. But then there was another Marvel set. So that's that needs rearranging now, especially when Modern's coming, because there's going to be a lot of cards that can go on the binders at the bottom that aren't going to be used as much. But that aside, your actual question... <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, that was riveting stuff to begin with, but let's, yeah, let's really get into it. <laughs> well, for a, a collector's point of view, doing it n numerical makes sense because you can see when you filled up all the spaces, not only is it numerical, but it also then makes it alphabetical and it also puts it in rarity order. So um, it, it ticks three OCD boxes in one. Um, but. <laughs> For more of a, a 
a gaming point of view. So when you're looking to actually find cards to to play, I think it might possibly make more sense to put it in character order. So you've got you know common, uncommon, rare, or super rare dependent. So I think if if you're looking more as a collector, you probably want to be going on numerical order, find you know working out what gaps you've got to fill, what you need to trade, what you need to try and pick up from boosters when you're uh, drafting. But if you're looking more constructed gamer, then maybe having them as a, a character might possibly be the way to go. That would involve a lot of rearranging though so i'm not too keen on doing it <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it's only the time investment there that you're not keen to put in you would prefer your collection to be looking like that by the sounds of it yeah i'm going though there. there's also with these binders what you what a lot of people done which i haven't is is sleeving them before you put in the binder or i'm aware that some people will double sleeve and then put them in the binder that that seems like a bit too much work for me. I, mine are just the cards slip into the little gap for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Well, I think you, Andy, and any listeners out there who are really switched on <laughs> by what you're describing right now would have an absolute fit if they saw mine. So the utmost of organisation in mine is just by set. I, I don't organise the cards in any way, shape, or form. I just have uh, a pile of the stack and safe plastic boxes i don't know if you know the ones i mean so uh, i think it's ultimate guard that does them and they they come in so it's a, a sort of a shoebox length well smaller than a shoebox a child shoebox size plastic container with a, a pop-off lid that then has six compartments and each compartment can probably hold around uh i don't put it well a set basically i get a full set in each compartment and then i have a box for marvel a box for dc and then a random box which has got turtles team packs Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're all, all mixed in together all mixed in together yeah uh but well they're divided up into the into the six dividers that come in the box but my cards are in no order of any description they might be by some fluke organized into the characters but that's probably only due to the the way i piled them up when i opened up my grab feeds <laughs> <laughs> so lesser used characters are all just kind of crammed together and i don't i don't organize by foil or non-foil anything like that so you, i think you would have a heart attack if you saw what was going on giving me goosebumps just yeah. talking about it. it sounds horrid no i mean it's all right it's it's, it's all about the uh, shelf space that i've got to dedicate to the stuff but when i'm when i'm building a team it can be time consuming because i'm rifling through a full set going where's this you know <laughs> i know i've got one <laughs> Where is it? Just flicking through 130 or so cards until I track it down. And then the only cards that I've got separate to that in just a, in a separate box is the is my promos and super rares, which sit in another box. Just Are they cop. sleeved? Uh, no. Is the short answer to that. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, not sleeved at all. I made a joke on the blog the other day about um, with all the tea and buttery crumpets we have hanging around here, you'd think that all my super rares were sleeved. Uh, just in case there's a little bit of <laughs> can't believe it's not you know staying in the back of a card but no i'm i'm just dead loosey-goosey like that I, I i don't consider and this may horrify some listeners i don't consider the game so expensive that if anything really did get drastically damaged i don't that i couldn't replace it on the secondary market you know not even like gobby serena nah bro uh well i sleeve up my team when i'm playing with them but in terms of the inside the containers, no, nothing's sleeved up. 
been sleeved up. So yeah, I've got these uh, these stackable boxes, and they've got these little grooves in them, so they sit on top of each other neatly, which is where my motivation for that comes from. So yeah, com- complete and utter disorganisation. They're just broken down into sets, and I just happen to have managed to control to some degree all the Marvel and DC coming together. But even then, the Marvel stuff spilling into the other box. So I'm sure you and many many of your fellow OCD filing compatriots are freaking out right now, but that's that's just how I roll. I'm pretty sure most of us that are into collectible card games are slightly OCD in how we store them. I'm pretty sure I'm not the worst out there. Let us know if you like to triple sleeve and then uh, vacuum, <laughs> vacuum seal each card before you put it into a, uh, a dust-free, smear-free binder. Yeah, I've, I've even got some cards that are a little bit faded because I, I left them in a see-through card box. Oh, mate. On, no. the, <laughs> on the windowsill in the bedroom for a period of time and they've gone a bit faded because we do contrary to popular belief occasionally get a bit of sun in manchester mm. yeah i mm. doubt that <laughs> it's, it's true i've got photos i took them just <laughs> for posterity oh, in 1987 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this is some guy in manchester university documenting it <laughs> in the museum running through the corridors slamming through the doors and <laughs> we've got sunshine we've got sunshine and i'm not wet from drizzle um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there you go there's a filing andy's a binder filer in uh, what was the make of it sorry the ultra ultra pro i'm a binder file <laughs> uh, ultra pro ultra pro pro binder binder filer i think i meant to say there yeah and i'm a stack and safer boxer upper that's that's how i roll so yeah there's there's your card storage what do you do with your doubles with your trades uh they are in a bit i'll take a photo of it actually and post it on the blog down my local game store i have what's my big red box right and my, and my big red box is where i stuff my doubles this is both dice and cards Dice are stored in surplus smash-up expansion boxes. We, in no discernible order, might I add, they just happen to be in the boxes. And the cards are all just loosely thrown into the box. So uh, when when a new player turns up and I'm, I take my big red box down for them, they just sit there for about three or four hours <laughs> rifling through <laughs> a complete disorganised mess of cards. I'll take a picture and pop it up. I'm sure some will enjoy seeing that. So yeah, that's what I do with my doubles. You, you I suspect... Well, I've just... I've had the I had doubles all over the place and it was doing my head in. So I bought a uh, four hundred count cardboard card storage boxes and I've put all my doubles into as you would expect, numerical order. Uh, I bought some special ultimate guards, dividers to put in between sets. So all the commons and uncommons, which there's four boxes, that's for like sixteen hundred doubles that I've got. About the size, I don't know what they're the size of 400 cards, I suppose. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they're, they're organized into sets there because I've been meaning to go through them for ages, and now I know exactly what I've got to trade. And my binders tell me what ones I need, so they're all neatly organized. I, I can take a photo of these as well to <laughs> we, counteract we your big red box. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, yeah, I just dump him in the box and give him away. Uh, I, I mean, I've reached the point now where, at a, at a draft and whatnot, I, I kind of take out the, the handful of cards that I want to keep from the draft, and anything else I've got, I just hand them to another player to take away. I'm like, take these cards, take these dice, the big red box is full, and my wife will thank you for taking them off me. <laughs> Please save me from her wrath. So, yeah, it's a, it's a complete disorganised mess. We'll take some photos, and I'll do a companion post to support this. So, that, that's the card storage. So, well, what about um, your go-to cards? Uh, yeah, so uh, actually, that's a fair point. Uh, so I'm, uh, I play quite a bit of Star Wars LCG by Fantasy Flight Games, and their events, their participation prize, is these kind of cardboard deck boxes. Again, I'll, I'll put a picture on the blog, but if anyone out there listening is a Netrunner or a Thrones or a Star Wars LCG or a Conquest player, you'll, you'll know the type of box I'm talking about. And I actually have a, a deck box, a Star Wars deck box, uh, to one side where my, my pick of the pops, my go-to, sits in there so sometimes when i'm deck building i can make a team essentially out of this smaller concentrated collection of cards that's in one of those star wars decks box incidentally spoiler alert for the next gearing up that's also how i transport my cards around when i'm taking them to event but we'll we'll, we'll leave that one for another day for another day You'll find my Oracle in there. You'll find my Hellblazer in there. You'll find my Blue Eyes in there. You'll find my Jinzo. You know, uh, you kind of go to my Dwarf Wizards in there. Force Blockers. Um, the basic actions, you know, Blink Transmutate will often be in there when it's if if it's not actually on a team at that time. So yeah, I do. I, I separate my my top of the popper most, my faves, my go tos into a, a little collection that I can lay my hands on quickly. Cool. I've got a little A5 binder. I did used to have everything just in the, the main binders, but when I took the trip over to America, I bought this white A5 one just for the teams I was thinking of taking, plus a few of the very good cards, the, the super cards that might be What, what potential... did you go to America for, Andy? I went, I went to Worlds, do you know? You, you played in Worlds? I did. Have I not mentioned it? No. And you took a binder of cards just in case? Just, just in case, yeah. That's, just in well, case. Every day's a learning day. That's that's some news for our listeners. <laughs> and the the cool thing about this binder, I put it on the the, the post I did for your for your blog. Uh, yes, is, yes. So I got yes. loads of cool signatures from all the other podcasting legends. So I've got Paul Krishna, Mike Plum, Truby Turner, Michaela, Isaac, Shadowmeld, Dave, KT Data, Doctor J. I've got uh, the them J. to sign the front as a little bit of a memento. So now all the go-to cards or the teams. I'm working on they were all they go in that little binder which is very cool ah that's sweet and also a shameless name drop <laughs> well all, all my friends on facebook <laughs> okay yeah very cool so yeah you've done the same but you're you're uh, in your uh, ring binder filing ocdness you've you've done that but that's nice yeah i like the fact that you've kind of uh, put a bit of flavor on there and connected it to sort of the community and stuff that's yeah maybe maybe one day i'll get an opportunity to get some signed gear by our compatriots too very good sign your box sign my box <laughs> if if, any, if anyone would like to sign my box <laughs> oh dear oh dear so dice dice yeah (laughs) moving on swiftly so i um you well i'm using the WizKids collector's boxes yeah i have to admit i do the same well up to a point well yeah up to a point indeed so they stopped producing the collector's boxes for those who don't know i think was it world's finest was the last one they did 
I think you're right. I think I am right. Yeah, world's finest. So I was at the UK Games Expo this year. And I was just having to bimble around, having to look at the stands and stuff. And I found a stall selling a load of World's Finest and Civil War collector's boxes for, well, less than half price. They were in fact, probably even a third of the price. So I bought up a stash of World's Finest and Civil War collector's boxes and have continued to use them for future sets that haven't been accompanied by a collector's box release and just stuck a sticky label on the side. <laughs> so World's Finest is in World's Finest, but then there's three World's Finest boxes on my shelf now, one with a sticky label that says Gaffer, Green Arrow and the Flash, <laughs> and one that says B Slash Man for <laughs> the Batman set. And equally, I put Deadpool, which is listed as Deepool on the sticky label on the side in a Civil War set, and I will be also putting my Guardians of the Galaxy. So yeah, I've actually continued to use the collector's boxes. I've just I had the fortuitous turn of events to find a very cost-effective boost to my collector's box collection. But there are lots of other ways of storing dice, of course. Yeah, I mean, I've got collector's boxes up to the point where they stopped making them, and I don't know why they stopped making them, because they were perfect for what you needed. You know, you've got space for a set in a collector's box and it's fixing on a shelf and it's all very nice and then yeah. they stop doing them. Did that ever get explained? Why? Because they don't do the dice bags or the... They used to do deck boxes, the dice bags, uh, play the playmats, and they haven't done any of those for... Well, World's Finest, I think, was the last. Was it the last? Did World's Finest have a playmat? It did, didn't it? Yeah, but and it just stopped... Yeah, I mean, a, a Deadpool dice bag and a Deadpool playmat would have flown off the shelves. Yeah, you'd have thought. They had de- a deck box as well. Yeah. You know, there are people playing other games that want a Deadpool deck box. Yeah, so uh, I don't think I don't know if it ever got explained. I can only assume that it was a business decision that, that maybe the accountants had a quick look at some look at their spreadsheets and determined that they weren't profitable enough or. The cost of production was too high or something. But maybe someone out there knows or can recall back around the time of World's Finest if an explanation was given. And if it was, please do let us know. I mean, I think stopping them, they've, they've missed a trick. They could just do something generic and a bit more sturdy. I mean, I've got... And I, um, I'm gutted that I didn't buy more before they seem to run out in the UK. But Zen Bins. And Zen Bins are really good. They are a bit small. I think if you have one... I don't know why picking it up and making a noise with it they're sturdy and i think with a couple of layers you'd fit in a whole set so I'm, I'm gutted i didn't pick up more but something the size of a collector's box and a little bit more sturdy of plastic uh, and you could even they could even make it like a generic marvel slash dc slash uh and 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 they'd sell because like <laughs> how do you keep your, you know where, where do you keep your dice the other solution that i found is bead boxes from craft shops which is like a Tupperware box with little compartments in to put a dice in, but yeah, I've seen guys, nice. I've seen guys using. I think the brand is called Really Useful Boxes. I think that's, I think that's actually the name of the brand, and they have all these different plastic containers in various sizes and stuff. Uh, similar theory, you know, like a bead box with dividers and and, and whatnot. So yeah, and and I think that's that, that that's our last true space for this kind of stuff i mean if you have a mooch around on etsy i think you'll find some people who've maybe done some stuff uh, some laser cut stuff from wood but yeah um the collector's box uh, i think it is a bit of a shame that it's gone yeah, yeah and it's it, it display i mean the dice are so especially some of the latest ones they're so beautifully made and the little designs in them are so intricate and, and well done like the collector's box has had it so you could have it and it's it, 
displayed your dice. Whereas when they're crammed in a, a box made for beads, it doesn't give the same same look. So yeah, uh, the OCD in me is looking for something that I can fit all my dice in and show them off and make it look pretty. So if there is anything out there that I've missed, then let us know because I think it's a real disappointment uh, that there isn't something that's out there that could be made and I can throw lots of money at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are Zembins not available over here anymore then? I think the only place that you could get them that I could I can see was Chaos Cards on the, the Zenbids website. That's the only retailer in the UK. Uh, and they are all out. Right, okay. Yeah, okay. But uh, they're still widely available over in the US, are they? I believe so, yeah. I'm sure. Well, yes, I think that's where they're made. I'm pretty sure that you can still get them over there. Not, not that I've, I've tried. But, yeah, over over here, they're all out of stock. I'm sure they, they might get more in, but... I'm not hopeful when they go out of stock at Chaos Cars. They seem to, seem to stay out. But they are so nicely made. And um, mm. something of like double the size with the little ridges that you can put your dice in with the, the design facing up in a row all next to each other. Gets me hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever gets you through the night, bro. Whatever gets you through the night. It's all right. It's all right. Okay, well, there you go. I think... Uh, on that note, there's not much more else to say about storage. We'll get Andy round to my house to sort out my filing. But in the meantime, it's clearly a challenge. It's quite space intensive. I mean, I mean, I could, I think I could build a new house out of Psychic Dice right now. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly a doghouse. If anyone's got any suggestions or want to enter into the discussion to help new players out or just to generally engage with us on this subject, then please do. And uh, drop us a link or a photo of what you use. I'd love to see that. In the meantime, I'll pop a companion post up a couple of days after this episode is posted just like i did with last gearing up with just a bit of a gallery of what we use and some links to you know amazon and retailers who stock this stuff so that i can help out anything to add there to finish us off andy uh no no i think we've covered it all yeah there we go so we'll we'll wrap up that segment there andy gets hot with zembins and sadly As is often the case in life, all good things must come to an end. And here is the conclusion to episode six of the Ministry of Dice podcast. Thank you so very much for listening. We know there's so many other things you could be doing with your time. So we really appreciate you bothering to come along and hear what these two bimbling British idiots have got to say. I've been Chris, a.k.a. True Mr. Six. And with me, I've had Andy, a.k.a. There ain't no party like an Andy England party. No, there ain't. That's the truth. (laughs) True story. Yeah, thanks ever so much, guys, for listening. Just a few quick notes before we wind up. Firstly, remember, guys, we're looking for uh, advice columnist content, Agony Aunt content, so please get a few notes sent across to us. Give us reviews on iTunes because it just makes us feel happy. We love receiving feedback, so please do feel free to drop us a note uh, either through the blog at BritRoller6.com in the Contact Us section or just track us down on Facebook. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Until then... I hope you enjoy rolling them dice. Bye, bye, bye.
tom 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 living <laughs> <laughs> practice oh. and dedication that's it mate that's it i've got a lot of respect for that uh, although you're gonna have to come up with something even more incredible next week <laughs> that's easy that's easy 